What is up, everybody? It's Tom, TD3. Welcome back to the podcast, Sounds of the Future. We're back in it today. Today, I want to talk about live music. Specifically, I want to talk about virtual reality, VR, as the kids call it, and the future of concerts. I think this is something that's going to get turned on its head in the very, very near future. So let's get into it. So I read an article recently uh, on NBC News, and I'm just going to read a few things from this article to sort of prime this conversation. The article is titled, From Taylor Swift to the NBA, Watching Live Events Online is the VIP Way to See a Show. Taylor Swift tickets can cost almost $350 in some cities, but Amazon Prime members can watch her in concert for free. This is something that Amazon Prime is doing. This is not from the article. This is something Amazon Prime is doing for their Prime Day coming up on um, or in July. They have their like two-day you know, Prime thing where they have all their deals and stuff. So this is in support of that. Last year, they had Ariana Grande perform, and this year, it's Taylor. So back to the article. Last year, 52% of, US, of the U.S. adult population attended a live music show. That's up 2% from the previous year. But attending a concert is becoming something of a luxury. In 19, let's see, Polestar, an industry magazine, reports prices have more than tripled since 1996 when the average price was $25.81. In big cities, concert tickets are even more expensive. The average price for a top-tier ticket to a popular artist can run someone $127.57 in Los Angeles. Scrolling down a bit further. Not all fans have the financial freedom or the ability to physically be present at the events and venues they love. End quote. From someone uh, named Lawkick Watvi in a blog post from last November. Virtually, virtual live events are also catching on in the sport world. sports world. The NBA on TNT streams select games and special events such as the All-Star Game in virtual reality. With more than 100 million Prime members, Amazon's concert has the potential to have a massive audience that could rival the Super Bowl. Let me say that again. That could rival the Super Bowl. Back to the article. An, an estimated 98.2 million watched the big game earlier this year, according to Nielsen. This quote reads from Elliot Tomeno, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, founder of Asterisk PR, a public relations firm based in New York City. He says, quote, I think we are just beginning to see this, the beginning of this trend. Advances in technology have a lot to do with this. Live streaming technology has gotten much smoother, and so have people's devices and internet speeds. Live streaming to thousands or perhaps hundreds of thousands of people even five years ago would not be as feasible as it is today, end quote. There's also a part in this article, and this is the last part I'll read, that talks about VR specifically. Not all fans, a quote from the article, again, um, from Laukik Vatvi, who I uh, quoted from a second ago. By thinking about the right streaming VR solutions, we can extend the reach of live experiences to our fans right where they are, be it in their living rooms or their own backyards, end quote. From the article, Fortnite tried it in February when the game hosted a live marshmallow concert. More than 10 million gamers tuned in, tuned in, excuse me, and had the chance to let their avatars dance to the beat. 
to the beat. 10 million. 10 million people watched a concert inside of a video game. And they're claiming that potentially this Amazon Prime concert could have an audience that could rival the Super Bowl. Guys, this is the future. This is the present. It's not even the future. This is happening. People, all right, for example, I, the last time I went to a concert that I wasn't paid to play yet <laughs> has been a couple of years. And the reason is I live about 45 minutes away from all of the big, good venues in Nashville. I live in the suburbs because I have kids. They go to daycare and the neighborhood's good. Also, not just distance-wise, again, I have kids. I have a two-year-old and a one-month-old, so getting out of the house for an evening is an ordeal for my wife and I at this stage in our lives. However, we have subscriptions to Netflix and Hulu and HBO Now and all the stuff, so we watch plenty of stuff online streaming. I check out stuff online all day for my job, watching other people's shows and concerts, reviewing footage from uh, shows with Tonic that I've taken on a GoPro, all kinds of stuff like that. People are consuming a lot. They're not just consuming entertainment that has been pre-recorded anymore. People are consuming live entertainment at a scale now online that rivals that of actual physical attendance. So, for example, to sports, <clears throat> far more people watch the Super Bowl online every year than they do in person because tickets are extravagantly priced. I don't remember exactly what they were this year, but I want to say I remember reading that the cheapest ticket you could find was in the thousands. It's just not affordable for everybody to be able to go to all the events that they want to watch. Myself, I'm a big Formula One fan. I can't go to every race on the planet. They're literally in a different country every single race, and there's 21 of them this year. I can't afford that, so I watch them on TV. I stream. I check out my data while I watch. I nerd it up. I have a ball. This is happening in music. Concerts are happening online. If you go to Twitch right now, there are people, I guarantee you, if you go to Twitch right now, no matter what hour of the day or what day of the week, there is somebody on there playing music live live streaming it for you to watch. There are people doing YouTube live, Instagram live, Facebook live, tons of small or nobody artists are out there building their audience by performing live on streaming platforms. And it's, and it is breaking into the big boys now with Ariana Grande last year, Taylor Swift this year, putting on live performances for Amazon Prime Day, they're going to reach a, such a larger audience than they would have just by playing <laughs> Giant Stadium, which is where Taylor plays. So I don't know what the capacity for Giant Stadium is. Let's just look it up real quick. And we'll compare that to what... Uh, she's going to play to on Amazon prime day, 80,000 people on uh giant stadium or 80,000 seats, excuse me, in giant stadium. And I believe the article said that, well, say with more than 100 million prime members, 
Amazon's concert has the potential to have a massive audience that could rival the Super Bowl and estimated 98.2 million watched the big game earlier this year. Million. That's 10x what she would play in one night in a stadium in the biggest one of the biggest venues on planet Earth that an artist could conceivably play. That's 10 over 10 times that in one night, one performance. Now, yeah, Tom, but the, you know, going to a live concert is different than watching it at home. You're right. It is. It is different. But what what's the scale of difference? Is it 10x different? Maybe for some people. For others, maybe not. Me, not a diehard Taylor Swift fan. But if I get the concert for free, which I do because I have an Amazon Prime membership, I might just watch it. It's a way for her to ex- access me, not a super fan, but somebody who is intrigued by the spectacle of her performance and her live show. I've heard it's incredible. I'd love to check it out. I'm not going to shell out 300 bucks to go do that, but this is an opportunity for me to check that out. Netflix, she just did the, the Netflix thing for the Reputation Tour. I haven't watched that yet, but I know that it exists, and when I get some free time, I might check that out too. Like This is happening. These are ways for artists to access their fans, to access new fans, to grow their business, grow their career. So let's take it back down from the fact that this is happening, it's real, and and it's succeeding at a very large scale. And let's let's take that and let's bring it back down to us, to the little guys, to the people who are trying to earn 30k a year, 50k a year making music so we don't have to wait tables and don't have to do anything else, right? What does this mean for us? Well, these platforms are accessible to all. Is Amazon Prime Prime Day accessible to me, TD3? No, they're not going to have me play on that. That would be ridiculous. However, streaming, virtual reality, putting on a live performance, putting on any performance online is an opportunity for me. It exists equally for me as it does everybody else. So there are two versions of this. There's live and there's pre-recorded, right? Let's start pre-recorded because that's the least, the less daunting of the two. Live is a very different animal. Pre-recorded. Nowadays, you have everything you need in your pocket with your cell phone to film yourself playing live. Or, yeah, to film yourself playing live and to post it pre-recorded on the internet. I did over 100 vlog episodes on my phone. And it wasn't until I had fulfilled my commitment to do 100 episodes that I actually allow myself to start looking at a better, nicer camera, which I got one. But I put in the work to prove to myself and to everybody else who watched that I was going to stick with this thing. However, not having a camera didn't keep me from starting. It also didn't keep me from starting this podcast. I recorded the first 30 episodes of this podcast straight into my phone. And I recorded the first 100 vlogs, over 100, 100 vlogs I ever did, into my phone. I recorded every drum cover I've ever done on and put on YouTube with either my phone or a GoPro. I have recorded every video on my YouTube channel, save for the last 15, with either my phone or a GoPro. The You... You, there's nothing standing in your way to for, like of of getting content out there of creating content 
of creating video content. Once you have proved to yourself and proven to everyone else that you are going to stick with it, then you can start thinking about upgrading your look, your feel, your style. And when you do that, it's a worthwhile investment. I think if you're going to invest in anything right now outside of your basic recording gear, it's a camera and some lights because video meeting audio is the future. And it's not just the future, it's the present. It's the way the world works. When you're in your room making music and you put out a song and somebody says, are you trying to be an artist? Are you trying to make it? No, that's not the game anymore. You are an artist and you have made it because you have instant access to people. When somebody asks you about that song you put out, are you trying to do this? Quote, I'm doing it. You heard it. You watched the video I made for it. That's why you're asking me this question. Now you just have to get somebody to do it a thousand times or a thousand people to do it one time over and over and over again. This is the way that it works. I think that investing in video gear is equally important or almost as important as audio gear when it comes to making music. I also think that the days of sitting in your bedroom and making music without filming it and without recording it and without putting it out are over. And if you don't think they're over, then you've lost. You've already lost if you believe that way. If you think that you should work on a song for six months and put it out, you've lost. If you think that you should wait till everything's perfect before you hit publish, you've lost. Sorry. Move over. Other people are coming through. So that's pre-recorded video. If you want to invest in it, it's worth it. And you should be filming everything. Everything should go on the internet when it comes to your craft. Now let's switch back over to live. What is that? What does this live push mean for us, the small people, the the uh, not struggling artists, but the the indie artists uh, still working at making our living? Well, live's a different animal. However, it is a wonderful way to build your chops. So. When I was coming up, when I was 16, I had to travel all over the state of Georgia where I'm from to play every dive bar we could get our hands on to make some money and to get people to listen to our music. We played every crap hole you could think of, and even before we were 18 years old or even 21, let alone, and could be in the building. You know, we were 15, 16, 17 years old playing these places, and we weren't even supposed to be in there, but that's what it took. We had to network in person. We had to call to book shows over the phone. Now, you literally don't have to leave your house. You could put on a concert every Friday night. Every Friday night, you could put on a concert. And you could even sell tickets for it once you get a fan base that's big enough and say, we're capping it at 100 people. The tickets are $5, and you can make $500 every Friday by just doing an hour-long concert playing acoustic guitar in your bedroom and make sure that you have the production value set up correctly. Let me give you a good example of how to do this. This is this is not a musician. Uh, well, he is a musician, but this is not a musical show, but it is something that you should check out if you want to, to get a good baseline for what good production value looks like and how accessible it is. My friend Nick is a gamer, and he has a Twitch channel. His gamer tag is Declan V2. That's D-E-K-L-I-N-V2, all one word, number two. And he streams every day playing video games. This is something he's just started, and he's coming out of the gate strong. If you go watch his stream, it's ridiculous. The production value is off the charts. He's got a multi-like 
multi-landing screen setups and teasers and trailers and intros and outros, and he's got his picture in a picture while he plays the game. It's incredible. And I asked him about what, or he told me about, <laughs> I didn't have to ask. <laughs> he told me about what it took to, to set that up and what went into it. And he showed me all the gear that he got. And you would be amazed at how inexpensive it was. Some rope lighting and this little controller that was about 200 bucks that allowed him to switch from frame to frame. And that's it. He is a one-man television studio. And you can be that too with an acoustic guitar or an MPC and a microphone, whatever. Like you don't if you if you're in hip hop, man, you've won. That's the easiest genre. Get your beats, get your mic, plug in and go. You don't even have to play anything. You don't have to have a DJ in the background anymore. You can just do it all yourself. There's a girl on YouTube who's killed it, and she's not, I mean, she's everywhere now. Elise Trow, she's a drummer and multi instrumentalist, and she did these live looping through Ableton cover mashups for a while on YouTube and just blew up. And now she's got original music. She's doing tours. She's got massive followings on other social media platforms as well. But she just did, she pre recorded it, but she played it live and then posted the recording of her doing it live. And so when she does a live show, it's the exact same thing that she had already recorded and done. But if you watch her videos, the production value is there. The lighting's on point, the videography's on point, and the audio's on point. You have to take every single little thing seriously now. But start where you can with what you have. This is not just the future anymore. Virtual reality is not just the future anymore. Concerts are coming to virtual virtual reality, and they will come exclusively. There will be artists who don't tour physically anymore. They might do one physical tour, and then they might do a VR tour, and they might window ticket sales, and they might do a show every night for two months from the same location and only make tickets available to people in specific areas. Like tonight, we're playing for the people of the state of New York. If you live in the state of New York, your IP address is registered to the state of New York, you can buy tickets. If you're not in the state of New York and you don't have an IP address that's in the state of New York, you literally cannot buy tickets to tonight's performance. So they will be able to do an entire virtual tour with actual destinations without ever having to leave the same facility. And every show will be different because it's a different night and there will be different things that happen and different things that go on. And it'll be just like a live show, except when Justin Timberlake does it, he'll get to go home and sleep in the bed next to his wife that night. I'm telling y'all, this is coming. It's already here, but it's coming even more so. So, Don't let anything stop you from videoing and recording every single thing you do. Start building your chops now. Why do you think that I do a vlog? It gives me the opportunity to figure things out. I do everything on there that I can think of so that I fail fast and I fail small so that one day when the audience is much bigger, it won't matter and I'll have it dialed in. So film everything. Start doing live stuff if and when you can. Build your chops This is the way things are going. I am jealous of people who are just now starting out, of kids who are 18 or just now starting out, who will literally never have to tour in their lives. They won't have to ever be away from their families, and they will consistently be able to earn a hell of a living off of touring, quote, in virtual reality and in streaming. It's just how it is. This is the way things are now. Either you buy into it 
or you don't. But if you don't, you've lost. And if you do, good luck to you. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Sounds of the Future. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Sounds of the Future today. Hey, look, if you're digging the podcast, man, share it with your friends. Tweet it, Instagram stories, Facebook stories, a post, whatever you want to do. I want to get the word out, and I need your help. Thanks.